0: what's going on everybody you've got the card board
1: coaches here with your boy coach go and i'm dave from signed and slab and we're going to be talking about some of the best cards of all time no we're not going to do that and i'm not dave
0: he's not dave
1: sometimes i wish i was
0: Under what circumstances do you wish you were Dave?
1: Um, when I when I when I watch Bo Bichette play baseball and I want to throw back my flowing walks, that's when I'd like to be Dave.
0: I mean, we that's... do we do have some Bo Bichette news, but that's not going to come till later on. Okay. <laughs> For now, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about some of the I'm the latest trends, I guess, in the hobby um and we're going to start with i mean something that you brought to light so i'm going to let you lead with this is and that is uh some of the influencer content that we're finding on a regular basis seems to be a bit of a different tune these days uh i mean we kind of went from the vast majority of the content being put out by some high profile names in the hobby names and faces um being all-time highs, being big pulls, uh, being the next sexy product to collect or the next uh, set that you need to be getting your hands on. And, I mean, recently, uh, like I said previously, you kind of brought this up. A lot of them are kind of now erring on the side of caution. Uh, and more specifically, to go even further than that, some of them have even started to talk a little bit about uh, what I, AIH likes to refer to as hanky-panky. Um, and we're going to let you dive into this because it's something that you you saw, and, and I would tend to agree with you here.
1: Saw and experienced. Yeah, actually. And uh, it's <laughs> definitely, it's I can confirm, it is a thing that is happening now card porn, uh, which, correct me if I'm wrong, seems to be growing kind of less and less in impact each day Uh, compared to the height of the pandemic. I guess you can kind of trace card porn's popularity and relevance right alongside a chart of our market, ultimately. Um, You can
0: probably track it with like the Luca rookie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, most likely. You know... If you notice, I mean, some people that do notice, some people that uh, kind of do take notice of this kind of thing, um, sometimes when the cartels posting a story or a slide or something that the cardboard coaches are discussing winds up being fodder for card porn very shortly afterwards, which is why I do get a lot of people in my DMs wondering just what my connection to Australia might be. But we see that a lot. And that is probably the best example of what I'm trying to Discuss here today, which is that a lot of the content creators. Now that's something that CardPorn has been doing for some for some time, picking and choosing what it is they want to spotlight. But a lot of these influencers, we kind of we've seen these phases. Phase one is just kind of pushing out and pumping up what you want and what your agenda is. Second phase being don't be negative. So Let's push positivity in the hobby. Let's talk about the good things because the bad things will make us all look bad and affect all of our cards. We've already had that discussion. That's not true. Bringing to light the hanky panky, quote unquote, uh, bringing to light all of the controversies I think is a net positive for the hobby ultimately, especially when it comes to new entrants. And now they're in this third phase that involves joining in on the fun. Joining in on what we've seen from so many accounts, there's too many to mention. We've already mentioned AIH. We've already mentioned ourselves, the cardboard coaches. Uh, there's you know, going back to OGs like Sports Card Radio and Ziggy. We see influencers now wanting to get in on the action. They see that content now rising to the fore because of the situations all around us, because of all the controversy, because the market is failing in some respects. I hate saying that. Because you and I, I think, still exist in net positive markets that are still fun to be a part of, that are still yielding dividends, right? We've never existed in that six-figure realm, which we could only kind of look back on, comment on, discuss here on Cardboard Coaches, um, but still from from afar, right? And that's the market that's getting a lot of attention right now. And it's confusing a lot of people, too, because you're seeing these records getting broken. And we'll, we'll touch on that again, how that all comes together in terms of looking ahead. Right. Yep. But but right now, it's like everyone wants to kind of jump on that card porn tip and talk about uh, some of the controversies in the market. And I think for some of these big influencer types, it also offers an opportunity to get at it with your competition.
0: Why? Well, I, I, I also think it's like like you're almost like making amends now you know? Yes. Uh, and, and also what I want to say about that is like, I mean, it's pretty fitting that like you always talk about or your, your content is always geared towards the trendy things. And that like, if now this is trendy, yes. uh, if, if now uncovering dirt is trendy, if um, you know, coming, getting to the bottom of things is trendy, if that's the type of content that people want to consume, uh, I mean, now all of a sudden there's a massive shift towards that. And I'm not th- not saying that people can't change the type of content that they put out. Uh, I just find it very interesting, um, especially because, you know, it's almost like, well, where were you before? Uh, <laughs> when, like, all this stuff was going down in the first place. And, and you know, some people were either a part of it or, um, you know, maybe just didn't ask questions they should have. Uh you know, I guess the the dollar makes the world go round and and that's ultimately that's all that really matters, I guess.
1: Yeah, the 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 pushback is trendy and like you said, you know, it's still the search, still the same search for clicks and for views as it's always been. And yeah, make no mistake about it, the most insidious part is the people that provided so much of the fodder for our conversations want to get in on this. And it's and you know, all I would say to them. You know, like, and again, I'm not going to criticize what they're doing in the sense that they could do whatever they want to do. Do your thing, queen. But at the end of the day, um, all I would say is like, you know, just watch what you guys are doing and how quickly you're doing it. And it almost becomes comedic to flip on the dime, right, to go from, you know, the the source of the content to trying to comment on the content as quickly as some of these uh, creators and influencers are starting to do is almost comedic to me because it's just such a quick change and such a big jump onto uh, onto a quote unquote bandwagon, and it's happening at an interesting time, right? As we discussed with uh, with Eric uh, on our last podcast, which was uh, feels like it was a month ago, you know, uh, we're gearing up for the fanatics takeover. We're ge- we're gearing up for some big changes in the hobby. We're gearing up for a lot of influencer and content creator um, elements that are gonna be involved in that. So I think people are kind of organizing themselves to align themselves with the people that are the, the 5%, as I call us, that are willing to call them out, that are willing uh, to make certain uncomfortable comments or, or ask uncomfortable questions. You see the, the, the backlash against a certain content creator that I call the great defecator. And what you see is unity. Despite the fact that this gentleman has such a large following that he accumulated, you see unity in the hobby in terms of criticizing him, particularly because of this Marvel PMG crash that we've seen. And we'll talk about crashes, I suppose, in a moment here, Coach Co. But um, that to me indicates a lot of people are on the same page in terms of where we're at with that sort of thing. It's now out there very openly. You can block as many people as you want. You can curate the comments in your comment section as much as you would like to. But the the truth is there, the unity is there from the community. And I think a lot of these content creators want some of that action. They wanna create that community and have it both ways. I would suggest that's a very difficult thing to do, but it could be possible. It could be a possible thing. You could be sponsored up the wazoo and carry out your agendas and still blind people to the concept that you, that you want to be concerned for the hobby community. And one of the ways you're going to do that is you're going to cozy up to some of the 5% creators. And I've seen it. It's happening. It's a real thing. And that will be an interesting thing to follow. It'll be interesting to see how people uh, look at that, how they react to it, if they see through it, if they accept it. That will be an interesting thing to see play out.
0: I, I mean I think if there's one thing that the hobby has shown time and time again is that the hobby is a very forgiving place. Uh so to your point and of like effort. will they accept it? I mean 100%. Uh they will 100% accept it. Uh the it, it's uh I mean we we've said this about so many different instances and I mean even players. I mean players they screw they screw up royally and all of a sudden you know to give them a a year or 6 months or uh, and all of a sudden, they're like an investable again. You know what I mean? But, so uh, I have no doubt that, that you know, whatever someone decides to do um, with the community that they've created, that they'll be able to kind of make that shift if and when they want to. Um, to your point, uh, previously, when you mentioned the fall of a lot of prominent cards at auctions uh i think it's it's very interesting and and i want to dive deep into that the one that's been most talked about recently uh was that marvel pmg red set um now i think i don't know if it was the exact set or if there were some grades that were different or whatever the case may be but at the end of the day it was a full set of the I want to say 1997 Marvel PMGs. If I'm wrong, correct me in the comment section, please. Uh, And I I want to say that it originally closed for about $220,000. And again, if I'm wrong, please feel free to let me know in the comment section. And it closed recently for approximately $20,000. Now, again, these numbers are, I'll give you approximate numbers, but the point is that there was like a 90% drop off in the price. Um, And we're talking about within the year, uh, which is pretty significant. It's significant for many reasons, because first and foremost, there were a lot of people saying that this smells funny, that this doesn't make any sense, that there was no market for these things. I mean, not say no market, no disrespect to anyone who collects Marvel PMGs or or was collecting Marvel before any of this hype happened. but. You know, there was like a very niche small market and it didn't really make much sense as to like how this niche small market, uh, you know, became 12X in price almost overnight. Um, And so, I mean, there was a lot of people and instances that were noted that led us to this point. Now, what I want to talk about is the fact that there have been a lot of posts lately. And this ties into that, where people are almost not almost, people are genuinely upset that people that others are talking about the decline in price of specific players of specific cards. And it's not quite the same sentiment that it was previously, where people were like, uh, you know, we have to stay positive and hobby positivity. Now it's more so they they're like, you know, don't kick someone when they're down, kind of conversation. It becomes it sounds very much like, um, almost speaking ill of the dead. And and what I'm referring to is a lot of these quarterbacks in the NFL, and we can talk about Marvel too because it's perfect. A lot of these quarterbacks in the NFL, young quarterbacks, either second, their third year quarterbacks now, have gotten injured people have spent a considerable amount of money on these players, uh, and with very short resumes. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are calling out these injuries and saying like, this is why you don't put that much money into ultra modern players. This is why some of these prices didn't make sense. This is why, this is why, this is why. And I think these people are using it as an educational tool, uh, some of them, some people are just kind of laughing about the fact that like, haha, I didn't spend that kind of money. I told you so. But there's a lot of people that really can't handle th- that this type of conversation right now. And I think that you need to be able to accept that the high volatility, what comes up also has the ability to go- come down. So, you know, if you buying into and whether you want to admit it or not, the reason why you buy into these young players is because the likelihood of them having significant run-ups is higher than a safer play, than someone who's been in the league for five, six years, right? Because uh, everyone else is doing it. Why not? And so you, you, can't, be, you can't accept the fact that you, you would have crazy sky and rocket high prices, but also that there's a, a drop-off coming at any point if they get hurt or or perform poorly. Um so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. The fact that like mm-hmm. listen, you can't you you need to have thicker skins here, people. Like, and if you do truly believe in those players, um, I mean you're sitting there like whatever, like I can keep buying this at a discount. The same people who are buying Tatis right now, the people who are buying Tatis right now are people that believe that Tatis is legit regardless of his injuries and his surgeries and uh, you know, what he's chosen to do out uh, off the baseball diamond and they're just buying, right? Like, so I, I think you need to have a little bit more confidence in wh- whoever the hell you're putting money into first and foremost, but also um, I, I don't think we can get so upset about conversation topics here because like I said, what comes up might might come down and and yeah. right now they're coming down.
1: Yeah, there have to be, you know, there, there need to be distinctions made about these different types of investments and whether or not uh, you should be quote unquote kicked while you're down regarding them. I'm not kicking anyone when they're down. It's just not my style. And I'm also, I just don't care enough, particularly when it comes to these Marvel PMGs. I, I do have a bit of a vendetta against one of the primary sources of the Marvel pump. But beyond that, I mean, I just really don't care. And there are so many collectors out there. I don't need to name these guys. They know who they are. Um, and, And they are actually like dedicated collectors of this sort of thing. We talked about Marvel till the end of time. I've made it clear that in my mind, when Wolverine gets announced as being in the next Deadpool movie, the vast majority of collectors and Marvel fans are looking for first appearance comic books in CGC slabs. They're not looking for PMGs. In fact, a large portion of them don't even know what a PMG is. It is a small group of guys and girls that are trading between one another. And when one of them gets bored or when one of them's not paying attention, you get major market fluctuations because it is so niche. It's so new and it's so not intrinsically valuable. Okay. Like uh, there's nothing to these PMGs. They don't represent do they, do they represent a moment in time in the market? Maybe they don't represent a moment in time in the Marvel universe. They don't represent first appearances. They, they're not the quote, the quote unquote equivalent of a rookie card. So that always has baffled me. So yeah, kick, kick someone down. If they decided to put a ton of money into that, um, you know, even if they were misled by influencers, you got to have some self-responsibility when it comes to the realm, the, 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 football quarterbacks, you know, I remember when Tatis first went down his injury and I blocked a couple of people who were literally dancing on his broken body, so to speak, making fun of people who invested in him. Are you kidding me? The people who invested in him were doing just great until that injury. Uh, that It wasn't rocket science. You were investing in one of the top prospects. It wasn't his fault that he got injured. Now, later on, you can start to get into the conversation of what was it his fault? Was he taking too many chances? But that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I would certainly not be a fan of you know someone rubbing it in my face that a, a UFC fighter I'm investing in got injured or anything like that but it's very similar is it not Brendan to when people were investing in Acuna, Tatis and Soto they were just doing it on a lower level because of what Tops puts out Panini has these high-end products where you end up spending six figures on Herbert and Burrow and Tua and uh, some lessons were learned pretty fast with Tua because that's a roller coaster that is a That is a pretty severe roller coaster when you're at the top of the world and then what happens to him uh, happened. But there have been people like the gentleman who I falsely uh, introduced myself as, Dave from Sign and Slab, P. Ryan, a lot of voices out there reminding you uh, how dangerous it is to go all in, especially in a sport like football, a sport like football that has a track record of all of these superstars, number one draft picks that fell to the wayside for a variety of reasons the least of which is massive injury. So yeah, there's there's a danger there. And that's where you got to imagine people have to start putting into their heads that you have to have knowledge of the game on a deep level. You have to follow the game. You cannot just be this person. You can't, can't be one of these guys, someone grabbed a buddy and it's like, put money into this because I know you have a lot of money. So put money into cards and jump on the bandwagon. Dangerous. You got to have a deep knowledge That is the future of this game. The future of this game is timing. The future of this game is knowledge. Uh, Being able to look back on things. Like you said, if someone is reinvesting in Tatis right now or simply continuing to load up, I'm not going to call them foolish because look at Aaron Judge. Look at Shohei Otani. These guys had bumps in their careers where people gave up on them. People dumped their cards because of injuries, because of questions. Oh, maybe Otani's arm is done. Maybe Judge is too fragile. Okay the people that held or the people that decided to make strategic plays it was a strategic play to be picking up Aaron Judge at the last expo wasn't it as someone i know is is discovering
0: I remember so, i remember seeing people trying to sell Aaron Judge and they just couldn't do it you know like it's yeah. uh, and i mean if they didn't sell then i mean they're they're sitting pretty right now right
1: so there there were people running up you know, for example, to my table at the expo, trying to get a judge slab that I had really cheap because they figured I'd probably let it go really cheap because, uh, wasn't selling well. There was only a few people that asked about it. I decided to make my own move by simply not moving it. You know, I had a, I had a sticker on it. If someone offered me the sticker, it would have been theirs. Um, but I didn't want to compromise the way that I did with a ton of other cards. Um, so a lot of lessons here are happening in front of our eyes in this new market in terms of uh, how you want to, if you're solely an investor, a flipper, you better be paying attention to all these things that are happening. If, if every day,
0: every day, you better be yeah. like, like, and like, I also think that this is the, I think that people need to stop. Like if you do, if you do play in those waters, I think that you need to reevaluate what a a good return on investment is, right? If you are a flipper um, and I'm not advising that everyone do this, but back a year, two years ago, it it was normal for a card to do 50, 60%, maybe a hundred percent run up, like under the right circumstances. Nowadays, it's, it's becoming more and more difficult for that to happen. A lot of that has to do with the fact that the market is becoming very smart and a lot of times you can't just dump something onto someone just because someone had a good game or two. Um, And that's why I think, you know, learning to accept like 15%, 20%, 25%. Like these are massive margins. If you're talking about return on investment in short, short period of time, you know what I mean? Like this is like, I know we got, we got used to crypto gains and we got used to, you know, massive run-ups and meme stocks and massive run-ups in base cards or you grade a card and all of a sudden it's like six X what it was because it's a PSA 10 now or 10 X what it was as a PSA 10. Now Mm. like margins are changing because people are getting smarter. And so I think you need to reevaluate what, what a positive return is and just kind of like, you can build off 15, 20% returns, man. That's like, not it's not bad to get 20% or even 10% of of what, what you bought a card for.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and on the same line, how to deal with potential losses and even kind of um, perceived losses. I would, I'd say this, I'm, I'm happy to throw out, you know, that, you know, people should be following accounts like on YouTube, like baseball card collector, investor, dealer, And listen to him a little bit more than you're listening to the popular accounts, the the sports card investor type accounts these days. Because a lot of these people are uh, like, likes card collector, investor, dealer, I I forget the guy's name again, but um, Chris, I believe, has a really good perspective. Where does this perspective come from? Did he conjure it up magically? No, he's been doing this for decades since he was a kid. Go figure And he's got great perspective on what happens when you have to potentially take losses, how to turn that into a net positive. This guy's got great content when it comes to that sort of thing. And, you know, go figure. I don't I mean, as far as I know, I I don't think he has any cross purposes with any sponsorships or anything like that. That should always be the number one tell for you if you see something sponsored by PWCC, that should be a huge tell for you. I've always thought that, <laughs> but, um, and I'm singling them out specifically. I am. I'm not just using them as, as an example, but um, that kind of content is going to help people right now. Um, And I'm talking to the people that, that are new to the hobby that didn't get out. Cause a lot of people got out. They're yeah. like moving on to the next thing. And a lot of what they saw bothered them and maybe they lost some money, but the people that are sticking around and actually like it and like what they see, because that's a real thing. Like, that's a lot of people doesn't get, you know, there are a lot of naysayers. There are some, even some of the guys that I mentioned that we're friendly with that I mentioned earlier are just so dang negative. My God. It's the one thing about sports card radio, like, you know, great content. And, um, when he goes on the war path, it's almost exciting. It's like, it's exciting to see the man do his, do his thing or the men's do their thing. Cause I think they're twins. Yeah. But, um, in the lurking in the background, it almost seems like he wants the hobby to completely fail and everyone to suffer. I I, look, I'm just saying that the vibe is there. I I hope that's not a vibe. Cardboard coaches, the cardboard coaches vibe is learn, educate, enjoy it. You better friggin' enjoy it. You're in big trouble if you don't enjoy it. And it's coming from the perspective of people. Brendan's been following sports his whole life. I've been collecting my whole life. We were in it, right? Like that's, that's the kind of thing that I want people to uh, focus on that's the only way you'll ever hear the cartel say, so. be positive or, or whatever um is uh gaining a little bit of perspective following the right people and i think that's happening right now and again it just leads back to what i started this whole conversation with is that even these content creators the pumpers and dumpers the sponsored the uh, the hidden agendas uh, you know they're, they're going to turn around and and realize people are on this and and starting to become more knowledgeable and they're going to try to turn their content into that kind of thing. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, I mean,
0: especially if you're running out of like new things to sell, do you know right. what I mean? Like, cause like exactly. now all the things that like have been uncovered, not all of them, but like, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you'd be hard pressed to find something that hasn't gone on a run of some kind. Right. Um, and so it's not like you're like, Oh, no one's seen these before. Check these out. Now all of a sudden everyone wants like this thing that's kind of been around for a while. Right. Like, um, and so that's where it's super interesting because now that there's not like new things to show so much now it's like, okay, well, like, what do we talk? Like, what do we talk about? We We have to talk about
1: run. We had a, we had a recent Disney run. I think it might even still be happening actually.
0: Yeah. Well, Um, I think they just released a trading card game, didn't they?
1: uh, Yeah. And I think, I think that, I think that was uh that was the thing uh that 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 has people's attention right now as well, but again i i and then I almost wonder how much too much of a push um hurts these things that like we we can no longer just see if something grows organically I know here i' I'm, I'm gonna throw it out there on the spot so I don't expect anything here but- c- can you think of the last organic type of uh you know type of elevation of a product that kind of didn't come from a place of being pumped or having a lot of people insisting it's the next big thing.
0: Uh, I mean, I just think that you all, you all you have to do is look at like, like mid 2000 or um, the mid 2010s hockey stuff, right? Like they're mm-hmm. uh, specifically not even like my Matthews has been pumped a few times. I not know. Matthews uh, McDavid has been pumped a few times. Ovi's been pumped a little bit. But if you look at, let's say Sid, because I don't think anyone's really like, I haven't heard a ton of people pump Sid. But if you look at Sid's prices over the last five years, like they are steadily trending up. And it's not because any one person was yelling from the rooftops, as they probably should, to be completely honest, considering this guy was the face of Canadian hockey for two decades. This guy right. came back from countless concussions. Um, many people thought his career was over. I mean, he took almost two years off playing hockey, um, after that Matt cook incidents incident. And, um, he, he came back. He's been a point of game. I think he won a cup right after that as well. Like the guy is in terms of accolades in terms of his stamp on modern hockey, like it's as sure as it gets. Um, and, and, and because of that, you see steady increase, but you've never really seen that run up. Um, and so I think like to your, to your question, in order for you to see something grow organically, you kind of have to look to the markets that like not a lot of influencers talk about. And like, that's when you start to get into the realm of like, um, I mean, I can't even say wrestling because like wrestling has been pumped so many times, uh, a, a good chunk of, I mean, UFC is relatively new. I, I think hockey is the one place where if you look at it, like for the most part, there's not a lot of things that have been pumped. And, uh, yeah, and, and
1: all those markets you're talking about are like are niche, but yeah. they have very passionate communities behind them. I'd say like, you know, UFC did have a, a, a small point of pump right before Panini picked it up. It was centered around Conor McGregor, which yeah. I think was very unfortunate. because
0: Hamstock Ham, Ham, got a pump too.
1: Yeah, but I mean, but again, natural pump, that, that would be the same way you'd get a pump from a Joe Burrow or a Conor McDavid. He's the centerpiece player, right, so to speak. But, um, but you're right. And, and even, you know, wrestling got the pump. But as wrestling was building, wrestling All-Stars, for example, that was also very under, um, under the radar and natural. Um, but you're right. But th- those all have, and there's people talking about F1, right? Now. I don't know what the F1 market is like right now. But I do know there's people talking about it, not collecting great. it. And that's but but that's all positive that people are collecting and talking about it. You yes. can listen, you can lump soccer in there, right? Yeah. Um I, I mean you know, I,
0: I, I there's a reason why I didn't say soccer hasn't been pumped, because soccer's been pumped to tits, man. Like it's like yeah. and that's why one of the reasons why I don't collect a ton of like ultra modern soccer, because like yeah. it it just I, I went the the sticker route because that's what I've collected since I was a kid, but also because like I found the prices of some of the shit that people were talking about just astronomical for what this player has done just because there's like a it's a numbered parallel. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that I want to be like part of the game because like all these people are collecting soccer and I feel like I know more about soccer or like I've collected more soccer. And so naturally, you're going to want to be part of that market as it grows because uh, you want to get some residual from that because you're like fuck I think I deserve this but you know what I mean like yeah
1: I mean like, I know how you feel yeah, when it comes yeah, to UFC yeah you, it almost makes you wonder yeah. how the market would have evolved and developed without any of the pump. yeah but that's why and I'm like I I'm staying the hell been, away from I this, it. So. Yeah. I think it would have been fine I think it would have been fine it may not have had any kind of crazy peaks and valleys because um soccer to me is legitimate yeah UFC to me is legitimate even wrestling wrestling is we,
0: legitimate too i think so too i just not not at like two thousand dollars a box for prism
1: yeah when we talk about inherent when we talk about value and what it represents there there is an accepted paul Hogan rookie card or early card andre they're the
0: andre except. the giant you know what i mean like yeah. undertaker and, those, they're,
1: and they're, those are historic they have value ufc has a really good lineage in terms of you can identify the first autograph the first rookie card that's great. I mean, I even, have, having, even
0: having Joe Rogan front and center, like, he's a, a very big person in just pop culture. And the yeah. fact that, like, his stuff is present in UFC products, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is, is another thing that's popular. Victory. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's very popular. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but talk about, by the way, organic uh, organic uh, buildup and popularity. The World Cup soccer stickers. I mean, if you're, if you're in an LCS these days, Like, pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention to what's going on around you, what people come into the store to look for, because I've done that and they're looking for World Cup soccer stickers, man. So store owners are aware of this. Uh, People that are trying to make a quick flip or make money are aware of it. People are buying that. They're not all quote unquote in the hobby. They're not all collectors, but it is crazy popular. And from what I'm hearing, stores can't keep this stuff in stock. Been trying to say, 20, I've been yelling.
0: I've been yelling this from the rooftops.
1: <laughs> if, if you want to make jokes, <laughs> memes about really expensive one of one stickers, go for it. But uh, that just makes it—you know—that just makes it even more appealing to people. That because by the way, they're not just chasing one of ones I've heard grown men say that they're trying to complete their album sticker, the sticker book, like yeah, like yes, I was yes, doing when yes, I was a kid. Yes, completing my sticker album. Yes, yes. of hockey players. They're doing yes. it. They're in their 30s, 40s. They're doing
0: it. Dude, the Argentinian government was, um, they actually got like complaints from their citizens that there wasn't enough Panini, like World Cup stickers. And they actually had to have conversations with distributors to get them more because, like, that's how popular (laughs) it is. Intervention. Like, for stickers, right? Like, that's how popular it is on a global scale. And this is something I've been trying to say forever, right? Like, I'm like, people in Argentina don't give two shits about. Uh, a hot rookie from th- this Topps Chrome Sapphire that released at $1,200 a box. Like they care about a guy who's been playing football and I'm going to call it football because that's, we're talking about soccer, but they're well, like for the last 20 years and is perhaps the, the, the <laughs> most decorated player of all time in Lionel Messi, you know, and they don't care if it's a fucking base sticker uh you mean they think that the parallels are kind of cool but i think i guarantee a lot of people who aren't aware that there are parallels are kind of opening these packs and being like oh shit like there are parallels now you know what i mean like and that's just adding a whole another layer to the sticker collecting that was already so prominent
1: yeah although you got you got to wonder how many families and kids throw out parallels like they don't care like the kids like he's not my favorite player and they toss it Dude, i always a, love thinking about that
0: there's a sticker um it's uh, of a guy named Sun, who's like arguably the best asian-born player of all time and uh basically the story goes this dad bought like a bunch of sticker packs for his son and like just gave them to him and the album and you know the dad asked like hey like do you mind if i go through your sticker book uh the album see what you have and he like goes through it and the one of one son is in there and And he stuck it he stuck it he stuck it and it's probably like It might be like a $5,000 sticker, but like, like, dude, it's a a $5,000 sticker in that book. But like, I think it's really cool because it goes back to collecting. Like the kid doesn't really care that it's a one of one. It's an, it's amazing that it's in that book and that it's a fantastic story. But at the end of the day, those things are, are meant to be collected. Like, and in this case, they're meant to be stuck, right? Like they're meant to be in your book. Uh, I think one of the coolest things ever would be if like someone assembled all those one-of-ones in one book, like that would be, I mean, obviously literally impossible, but like, imagine how cool that would be. Um, You literally have like every one of one or like every, every single sticker you stick is like of a certain parallel. I think that's another really cool element.
1: Well, I know, I know a guy who might eventually wind up with every one of one NHL shield ever created. I know uh, (laughs) now, uh, Let's uh, let's transition quickly to other popular things, like the 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 things going on in baseball as we speak. Um, this gentleman sure likes taking a swing and a miss lately, but I mean, he's got uh, nothing. He's got nothing to lose, though. Yeah, he's just going for it. Uh, and Aaron so, Judge. Yeah, I was going to
0: say what what cartel is talking about is uh, Aaron Judge, Mister Aaron Judge, Mister sixty one home runs. Tied uh, Roger Maris's AL home run record. Natural. Natural. That's correct. Natural. That's correct. That's correct. Um, and he tied it at the Roger Center. Actually, there was a one million dollar bounty on the ball that slipped through the fingers of Frankie Lasagna. <laughs> I just had to say that. You know, that's, that's some people
1: actually. I, I heard some people know this guy personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I yeah. he. Uh, I, I mean I know I've got a few ties to him but uh, he's got like a restaurant on Harvard and
1: uh, well, I feel Thursday. so bad for the guy. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, he's the guy that's on every blooper like out there. Right. Uh, and then the, the ball I ended like
1: up baseball should give him something
0: <laughs> from first drop in the ball, literally. Yeah. Uh, so he dropped the ball in. I mean, so he didn't actually have the ball in possession. He reached over the railing. It touched his glove um, and it fell into the blue Jays bullpen. Where the bullpen coach or the uh bullpen coach delivered the ball to judge who then handed the ball over to his mother and and i mean uh, realistically speaking, it ended up exactly where it should have um you know whether that's like with the mother or Aaron judge himself uh because that is a a piece of history that is kind of nice to have as a player i assume um mm-hmm. and and The fact that it happened in Toronto is kind of cool because I mean, we're from Toronto. We only have one baseball team and uh, you know, we're forever going to be known for tying that record or being him him tying it in Toronto, which is awesome. Um, And he's one away from breaking that record. And that's why he's all these swings and misses are happening. There's a $2 million bounty on the ball, the 62nd ball, because that's the one where he officially breaks the record Um, And I I don't think enough people are talking about the fact that, like, whoever catches this ball needs to run for their life. Like, and I'm not even being dramatic, but, like, imagine if everyone around you at a stadium with, like, 50,000 people knows that you have, like, $2 million in your pocket. Like, that's pretty goddamn scary because there's no way that people aren't going to see someone catch this ball. And I know (laughs) that there's security. But, like, yeah. how quickly do they get there? And at what point does of, everyone uh, around them just kind of, like, leave him with the $2 million? It,
1: it makes me think of hilarious scenarios where, like, what, one of my techniques would be, like, have have a bag full of balls, of, of Major League Baseballs, and, like, throw them in the air as the <laughs> balls come down, and scatter them, and then keep your eye on the prize and then mm-hmm. get in there. but Or, like, throw down, like, a ninja smoke bomb, Um. But yeah, uh obviously we've got who we got? Probstein, gold, can Ken, Ken yeah, yeah, but
0: Probstein, Propstein offered a modest like
1: 150 or 250.
0: Yeah, 000, he I came think. in pretty low. But so like... <laughs> came in his million.
1: I think they're getting themselves into uh big problems by putting out numbers like that. I right think away. so too.
0: I think so uh, too. But,
1: but that said, I mean, you know, accounting for inflation and everything, let's not forget that I believe Todd McFarland paid a million or two million for. Uh, What the balls that he picked up, which I believe were the Sosa and McGuire. Was it both Sosa and McGuire? I should have looked this up, but Todd McFarland spent a million. And, but he was a smart guy. He didn't just get the ball to to own the ball for its value. He also took it on tour, which uh, is something that I think is getting talked about a lot these days when it comes to high-end mantle rookies, literally touring collectibles and letting people see it, potentially touch it.
0: Well, we talked um, about Rob, like, Rob G when he, when he closed the, the, the PSA nine, like he yeah, didn't yeah. go on tour, but he had like significant exposure as a result of it, that. He was on podcasts. He was like yeah, interviews, right? Like that's, and it's an investment at that point, right? Like literally yes. an investment. Um, it, it's the equivalent of, of paying marketing dollars, but like people have something to associate. They, they have a reason to want to talk to you. Right.
1: Right. And um, yeah, no, and, it, and, it, and it's listen, it's great, it's great for the sport. All the stuff that's been going on, Google balanced, What was a very disappointing season. All the top guys, you know, in in the it's it's like what the NFL is experiencing right now. All the top guys were not performing like we thought. The Tati situation was an absolute disaster. I'll tell you this though, I want to throw out a conspiracy theory, uh, if you don't mind, Coach Co. I mean, but uh, Aaron Judge it. is a big guy. Um, there's often talk about how things are regulated in terms of performance enhancing drugs in sports. A lot of individual athletes are very sus, so to speak, when it comes to the way they look and perform. This gets talked a lot about in the world of mixed martial arts. I find it interesting that a a high profile player is popped on the, on the, on the eve of these home run chases. We are going to be told Albert Pujols has been quote-unquote natural his entire career. We are going to be told that Aaron Judge is natural. Just putting that out there for our conspiracy heads, and I know we've got a few of you guys because you're watching the cardboard coaches and you're watching the stuff that's a little bit of a pushback. I'm just going to throw that out there as someone observing what I've seen in Major League Baseball this year. It's all very neat and tidy when it comes to this pursuit of the home run record, and they needed it. I think uh, think Aaron... Again, just imagine what a disaster... I think And, that, and I, so do I. I do as well. I'm just throwing it out there. I yeah, yeah, think yeah. of the disaster it would be if at the, end of the year they said, you know what? We screwed up and he's on anabolic steroids. I'm not throwing that out there as no, an no, accusation. No, I, know, just, I know. Just giving you some food for, thought for sure. The way it played out and what the I, fact that man, man, did baseball, do this. baseball needed it, man. It what was I, really bad up till now.
0: What I will say is that in high school, he was like a tight end, uh, a hitter and pitcher. And uh there was something else he did in high school. Oh, he was also a basketball player. Don't and he was man. like, he was like an all-star and like he averaged like 18 and 13 as a as a center in basketball. He was um he he had like 65 Ks and like like nine starts as a as a pitcher. Um and then uh, whatever I was talking about earlier, but anyway, all that to, to say that like this guy is like a natural athlete, and not to say that right. natural athletes can't also yeah. do no, like. I, I, but I'm I'm saying that like this guy is is just a, like a a freak of nature. I yeah, nature. I
1: I would throw back that Brock Lesnar as a high schooler and and college wrestler was known as a freak of nature, and you know we come to find out later that he loved injecting things into All you
0: have to do is look at Brock Lesnar's traps,
1: bro. Like, that's all you have to do. That's right. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) which were there. I mean, my God, they were there in college. Yeah, absolutely. Um, He has, has like, shoulder shoulder pads
0: at all times, man. Let's do this.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, you know, uh, timing for baseball could not have been better with Judge. Uh, As we've discussed previously, if you're a seller in this scenario – and not some sort of crazy judge pc collector the time is now because so often we see once the record is reached or once the championship is reached there's not what you would expect in terms of that kind of bump the bump's happening now the opportunity right is is now uh, in terms of jumping on that
0: so i mean assuming that he wins triple crown obviously breaks this record i mean he's he's the obvious choice for, for MVP, despite the, the, the fact that Shohei obvi- arguably had a better season than he did last year when he won MVP? Yep. you think so? Uh,
1: he's always going to be in the mix as a result of all those achievements. Always, automatically. Uh, and again, I, and again, I, I'm in this conspir- conspiratorial mindset um in terms of picking mvps because i can look at guys like jordan alvarez and i can look at certain pitchers that just don't get talked about enough when it comes to Cy Young conversations they're gonna go with guys that they want to go with that whole process is very mystifying and you're not really privy to what goes on but shohei is the guy they want at front and center judge is another one of them that's going to play into all these conversations and i would you know just just talking about what you mentioned about the MVP races and the Triple Crown as it relates to values and potential flips and things. What I would advise people to be doing right now is like, think about the playoffs. Take a look at the playoff scenarios. Pick the teams that you think are going to be putting something out there. This should lead into what we want to talk about next, I think, right, Coach Co. I think so. But, um, and, and don't forget Randy Orozarena's historic run a couple of years ago. You could have been picking up his stuff and again, he was already showing flashes of greatness in the regular season. You could have been picking up his stuff and made a killing like the cartel did during that playoff run. So it's like a whole new season. Everything starts at zero again, right? So take a look at – I'm I'm currently – that's the way I'm playing the baseball market right now. I mean, was, you only have uh, like
0: five days left.
1: Sure, but yeah. I've already gotten – Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Even the Blue Jays, yes, believe I, the Blue Jays, start making some pickups right now and you're at an advantage because – some of these players have not performed. Like you look at Vladdy's season, you say to yourself, "Good season," but was it the season that he was promising us, or that we thought was going to carry over from last year? So again, there's value. What if Vladdy decides this postseason he's making a huge statement, and that's something I could easily see happen. So start start taking a look at that. You believe in the Dodgers, then you should also probably be picking up Beau Bichette, right?
0: <laughs> Tell us So what Cartel is talking about is a bit of a blunder that happened on SportsCard Investor a few days ago when he was talking about, I guess is his hot players. I think it was like top five hot players right now. Um, And I really hope he wasn't giving like investment advice on this, but I think it was just like, the market movers, like top five, like these players cards are on fire. Like
1: a guy and, with a big following, it's ultimately going to be, I Florida. agree.
0: I agree with you, but I'm just going to give him the benefit of doubt and say that it was just based on In data how he presents it just data. Okay. It was just like, you know, it, this card is uh, this player's cards are up 55% or whatever. Uh, and he mentioned the fact that Boba was on the Los Angeles Dodgers which already is like, okay. I mean, I guess they're, they're they're both blue teams. Right. Um, But then he went on to say like, he justified why the prices have been going nuts. And it's because he was having a great season for the Dodgers. And honest to God, if you look at like, statistically speaking, I mean, he hasn't had a great, he's had a really good season, but like, In terms of the hobby, uh, it's not enough to make the needle move. If I'm being honest, like uh, we've seen Juan Soto put up like crazy years that still haven't moved the needle, Uh, and then he went as far as to say that if if the Dodgers win the World Series, it'll be because Bo Bichette has something to do with it, (laughs) and that's kind of my biggest issue is that like, uh, it it just not true. Like it's just straight up not true. Maybe he
1: thinks Bo will make a Bill Buckner like play in some <laughs> World Series scenario.
0: But it would have to be in the World Series because that's right. the only
1: way we could play them.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. Well, thing- listen, look. I mean, like, obviously Jeff screwed up. Um, he had many of things, course. whirling around. In, in, I'm sure. Look, look, and, and, and I, this applies to me that we all have some sort of attention yes. deficit issue. It, as collectors, as people creating content, as you know, and, and especially what Jeff Wilson seems to, he's he's jumped right into this. He's traveling, he's, you know, carrying cases with him that are getting opened in customs and and he's, he's living the lifestyle and he's got a lot going on, I get it. But man, is this embarrassing to have, it's almost as embarrassing as having something in the toilet in the background when you're posting your content, which again, I also understand your life is so, I don't want to make fun of someone for that. Um, and you know, we're talking about, uh, some guy, I, I don't even want to say his name to embarrass him, but he look. This guy's he has a bit of a history as well, but decent guy, and uh, I enjoy some of his content. Uh, and he made a mistake because his life is content, and sometimes it gets so hectic. But here's 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 the real question though: Like, okay, you're 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 talking about Bo Bichette being on the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'd be shocked if Jeff knows that little about baseball. No, I'm not. I don't, I don't I don't... I'm not fooling myself and thinking he's an expert. There's no way.
0: No, 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 no. But, but like, I also um, don't think he's like that, like, like clueless to think
1: that, right. that that's true. Right. So the question becomes, where is your team? Like I, he's got a staff. I mean, he's they did, got, they, they did fix it afterwards. Yeah. He's got employees. How does it get through your marketing, your social media team? You know, it's, it's quite the blunder and then people jump on it. Why, why do people jump on it? Cause they're watching him, right. They're watching what he, his movements because Got certain reputations behind him, and uh, so people are going to jump on that. If if the cardboard coaches, we've made plenty of mistakes in our in our old episodes. I make a lot of mistakes talking about um, certain sports and athletes, but we don't get called out on it because we don't have all those eyes on us. Um, yeah. So I feel bad for him in that sense, but boy, was it it it, it stuck out so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. You. Well, it's just because it was he was so confident in like the Dodgers yeah. and that like they were gonna he was gonna help them essentially win the world series and i was like well Well, the
1: the the dodgers are killing it the dodgers are killing it and Bo, Bo has had an unbelievable september i'd like to see some stats for the entirety of the the league for the second half because he's going to be right up there his second half has been phenomenal
0: yeah Um, but specifically september he's had like a historic september
1: yeah and like you mentioned even still it's not moving the needle because if you pull back and look at his his previous season he's not even at those numbers no so even though he did pick it up in the second half. Well, like, cause he's normally
0: like on. a 300 hitter. And like, like, he's like, he just got to like 292 yesterday. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I like had to, to crawl look. back from like 260.
1: And yeah. And this is an important one in hockey too, which, you know, is our first love. I like to see stat season on season improvements in a lot of elements. Um, I'll give you one quick baseball example off the top of my head. Consistency is good too. But if you look at, for example, uh, Randy Rose Reina's numbers, you see that he's bumped up. You want to see that build from year to year. I want to see that. I'm happy to play the slow and consistent game versus the player that has this monster year, then pulls back another monster year, and it's, there's all these fluctuations. So yeah, you Just keep an eye on that. Pete Alonso is a guy that is very consistent and sometimes bumps up. Um, those are the guys I like to look at in, in terms of uh, investment and collecting, etc., But But just another warning about, you know, blindly watching some of this content. These content creators uh, have their priorities and they're making mistakes. And look, you see so many memes about Jeff's previous investment strategies and picks that went really badly. I mean, um, I'm
0: surprised no one's even talking about the the Jordan PSA 8 for uh, right. $100,000. But again, because I don't like- even fault him. No, no, for sure. For
1: going that route, but um, but but again, dangerous if you're trying to go along for the ride on
0: focus. That's what I mean. Like, if you if you agree and you're like, okay, like you know, Jeff did it. Like, I'm also gonna like, I'm gonna throw hundred at this thing. And now all of a sudden they're like down. And every time a new one gets graded, theoretically, like it might come a little bit lower for a little bit, right? Like, and it's just about like, I mean, to what you said at the beginning it's like so much of this market is about timing. It's not to say that you're buying the wrong things, but maybe you're just buying the wrong things at the wrong time, you know, or the the right things at the wrong time. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that has a lot to do with it. Cause like sometimes if you bought a Jordan, not to say that a PSA 10 Jordan is not the right thing to buy, right? Like in terms of a safe investment, but like buying at 750 is like, wasn't a great time to
1: buy. Right. Like we got to be on our toes more than ever. I think if there's one final parting thought that we want to throw out there based on all this stuff we've been discussing is to stay on your toes, not do not put all the eggs in one investment basket. Do not put all your eyes in one creator basket uh, or advice basket. Um, It's now more than ever going to be the time of the individual learning about the sport learning about the market if it's if it's like disney or whatever the market not the sport yeah learning about it learning about the history of it um the history of the cardboard involved in it appreciating low numbering appreciating uniqueness looking at population reports it what do people talk about all the time now with base prism? population reports so so using all of that information you're going to be thrown off by the companies Tops is going to tell you after you've already ordered a bunch of retail or hobby, they're going to tell you that the SPs aren't in there. And then they're going to offer on their website, the logo fractor boxes. I bought a ton of them. Why wouldn't I? It was late in the game when they got us onto that. But let that be a lesson. The next time you, I'm not saying that I know anyone personally who did this, but you got to be crazy not to think that someone didn't sink a huge amount of their savings or their life into getting Pre-ordered cases. Well, of it, was, it
0: was supposed it to be a big good. product. It was also supposed to be a big product, like Wander Franco, good. Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr. Like yeah. those; those are three pretty big names, right? Like,
1: and then they and then they pulled the rug under you because I met a lot of people who were like, "I'm going to buy those cases and hold them for two years, and then boss your uncle, and I'm going to make huge money because there's going to be all these individual sales of the SPs. And the SPs aren't even in there. I got lucky. Fanatics still hasn't shipped out the retail that I ordered, I'm canceling that order. And that leads to the logo fractor boxes, which are already selling for twice what they were on the tops website because they include the SPs. So sometimes, so now it's like they just hurt themselves by saying that you have to be careful with pre-orders. You have to be careful with product. So be aware, um, be involved in this if you're gonna put significant money into it or make it a thing in your life. Um, that's all the cardboard coaches can say when it comes to that sort of thing. Am I right?
0: I think it's great. I mean, it it speaks volumes to, I mean, it's actually kind of reassuring for like every time a new product comes out, like I kind of let everybody else rip and like, I go through the FOMO, whatever, but like, I'm like, let me see what this looks like. Let me see what the quality control is like. Let me see what the issues are with this product. And let's see if it gets corrected. Right. Like I miss out because obviously I don't have The I don't have the ability to like be the first one to open this, but at the same time, I also don't have to deal with all the bullshit that comes with it. And so it's like a double-edged sword because like the first off the line stuff is like allegedly loaded, but like if it's loaded or in some cases doesn't have what they're supposed to be giving, like it's it's an interesting, it's an uh, interesting place to be. And I mean, you you, you, Patience
1: and awareness, patience and awareness, right?
0: Summarize it perfectly, man.
1: And I think that's a, I guess that's a great note to, to end on. And I'm sure Dave from signed and slab would agree with us because that's, what's most important is that Dave agrees. with us. That's
0: exactly it team. I hope you enjoyed this <laughs> week's episode of cardboard coaches as always, please don't forget to like subscribe, comment, send us a message down below. Maybe the next thing you want us to talk about, um, let's get this party going. Cardboard coaches are out of here. Peace.